Well, good afternoon, folk. Welcome to another episode of Looking Up on Faith FM. And you are here with Danny, who is joined today by a very special guest who is a, a well-known character, a well-known voice to many listeners, especially our breakfast show listeners. Welcome, Lyle. Uh, good to be here, Danny. Uh, I think this is the second time that I've been on this afternoon show, so... This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks for joining me, mate. And um, in case you, uh, our listeners are wondering where our good friend Sharissa has got to, she and her dearly beloved are down south somewhere. I think they're looking to avoid the lockdown. Um, they were planning on going to Sydney to visit. Yeah, not a good idea. No, not a good Don't idea. Don't go to Sydney. <laughs> avoid the place. Absolutely. I try, to, like I, I try and avoid Sydney at the best of times, Lyle let alone during COVID time. So I don't have any issue avoiding Sydney. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so they've, they've headed down south and that's where they are. So uh, we hope and pray they're having a, a lovely break away. And so, yeah, Lyle's been kind enough to jump on board and he is um, a bit of a bit of an expert in the books of Daniel and Revelation. He's been um, digging deep into these two books for many many years now, and so I'm looking forward to some of the insights he'll be sharing um, as we plunge into the last chapter of Daniel, Lyle, Daniel chapter 12. So you guys have been working through the book of Daniel here for uh, a while now, I take yeah, it? Yeah, we have, chapter by chapter. Okay, so you've done one chapter per week? Uh, generally speaking, uh, some chapters we've taken over a couple of weeks, but um, yeah, it's been it's been a long journey. So it's, we're, it's not we're, a bad effort. Yeah, it's not bad. We've really enjoyed it. I've learnt a ton. I've learnt a ton personally yes. um, that I didn't, I didn't know beforehand, and so it's been really great to bounce things off one another. And, of course, Shell, your dear wife, she is our... She Producer is, Shell. Oh, absolutely. She's kind of like the engine room. Um, without her, these things just don't happen. Or that don't happen in that in an organised fashion. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, folk, wherever you're joining us from, um, it's uh, it's a beautiful afternoon here. It's a little bit cloudy, but it's uh, it's a lovely day. Even so, we hope and pray that you'll be blessed um, during this afternoon's program. And so, I want to give you some some phone numbers in case you want to call us for any questions, comments, any prayer requests. Oh four nine one oh six four double six nine is the number you can text or call or our general station number 1-800-324-843, 1-800-324-843. And as always, we'll be having a giveaway at the end of the program um, with a special code word from today's program. So hope and pray you can join us all the way through to the end. But in the meantime, uh, I'd encourage you to sit back and enjoy this beautiful piece, No Longer Slaves, from Voices of Lee. You unravel me with a melody You surround me with a song Of deliverance from my enemies Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. 
My fears were drowned in perfect love You rescued me so I can stand and sing I am a child of God There is power in the name of Jesus There is power in the name of Jesus There is power To break every chain, he breaks every chain, he breaks every chain, he breaks every chain. We're no longer slaves, we're no longer slaves, we're no longer slaves. He broke every chain, we're no longer slaves, we're children of great song what a great song no longer slaves because we are children of god and uh and that really is the the very essence of the christian message we have been liberated by jesus christ through his death on calvary and we are no longer captives of the enemy if we are sons and daughters of god so i hope and pray my dear saints who are listening out there far and wide I pray that you have chosen to be a son or a daughter of God. And if you are, you don't need to be afraid or worry about anything. Isn't that right? Absolutely. No fear at all. No fear at all. So um, welcome back. And it's great to have you. If you are joining us, if you've just jumped in in the last little bit on your your way home from wherever or you're just uh, at home enjoying lockdown. I'm not sure if we can enjoy it. (laughs) Half of Australia is in lockdown right now, Lyle. That's amazing. (laughs) Half of the country. Can you believe it? Well, there are things to enjoy about being at home. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, ever since COVID's been around, though, it's had zero effect on me. Yeah. Because when you're working in radio, you're working in the media, and it's, you know, one of those essential services. And so my life hasn't actually changed because of COVID. Man. Every day's been the same as every other day. <laughs> yeah, you sound a bit like my father. I, I kind of miss it in a way because everybody else gets to be in lockdown and I don't. It's like <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on something. You need to call up and tell me what I'm missing out on. Yeah, well, folk, if, if there's anything Lyle's missing out on, please give him a call. Um, if you don't find today, the, today, then certainly on the morning show. And the morning show, by the way, is between 7 and 9, isn't it? That's right. That's the breakfast show right the there. The breakfast show. Yeah, we'd love to have your company on the breakfast show. I don't get to speak on the afternoon show very often, but uh, we certainly look out for uh, you know 
All the company we can get on the breakfast show. So do join us. Yeah. Do you have any giveaways like like we do? We on have. Our show? We have lots of giveaways. Lots of giveaways. We have more giveaways than you do. What? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is, we 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 just smash Shall? the afternoon show. How's that like, work? Shall we only give have one giveaway? And how many giveaways do you guys have? Lots, lots. Far out. No, they must. We have two. They must have some big donors rolling in, some high rollers that sponsor. We have two giveaways on the morning show. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so we have the quiz, and yeah. then at the end of the show, we have a giveaway. Okay, okay, great, great. Now, Lyle, um, I'm not sure what you've been up to this week, um, but I went to a wedding on Sunday. Nice. Praise Lord. Yeah, great. You know, there's nothing like a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this couple were, were very blessed in that, yeah, they managed to get their wedding in literally in the nick of time. Yes. Because Sunday yes. night, midnight was the cutoff. That's it. After that, you can't get married. That's, that, that's <laughs> it. That's it. <laughs> you remain single for the rest of your life. That's it. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's cutting it fine. Yeah. But anyway, I went to, yeah, I went to this wedding, um, at Stewart's Point. I was going to say it wasn't in Sydney, I hope. No, 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 it wasn't in Sydney. It's Stewart's Point. So, um, yeah, we were, we were there. Did you conduct the wedding? No, I didn't. I didn't. The, our conference president conducted the wedding. It was his daughter. Oh, of course. Aaron. I did hear about that. Yes. Aaron got married to Trent, um, who's a theology student um, in third year. So he'll be graduating at the end of next year, God willing. And so, yeah, it was great. And you know what, Lyle? I saw something at this wedding that I have never seen before in my whole entire life. Okay. Are you ready for this, Shell? You're listening. This is this is quite amazing. This this is quite amazing. I hope you're sitting. Hope you're sitting on your seat, um, because what I'm about to share with you is is really amazing. Uh, the the couple at the reception, they they did something I've never seen before in that they washed one another's feet. I've heard about. I don't know. If I've ever seen this before, but I've heard about it on quite a number of occasions. Yeah. So I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah. Great symbolism. Land. Yeah. So um, and there was um, uh, the young guy. Um, what's his name? He's on the Thursday afternoon show. Um, uh, Robbie. 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 Robbie Morgan. Yes. Yeah. Robbie Morgan. Um, he read from the scriptures. He was one of the guests, and so he read that passage from John chapter thirteen, where Jesus washed his disciples' feet, because obviously at the and then way- told his disciples, yeah. To, to do what he had done. Exactly, exactly. And, um, and that whole service is about, uh, serving one another and, um, and, and placing the interests of others ahead of your own. And so he shared that passage and he explained it because there was obviously a lot of guests at the wedding who were very clueless about, about this whole service. You know, people that don't go to church. Um, generally Seventh-day Adventists are one of the very few Christian Remaining, um, yeah, remaining um, uh, groups that practice foot washing before their communion service. Yes, it used to be a lot, but sometimes yeah. you find it in the charismatic churches. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm. So, um, anyway, so that was really special, really, really special. And a second thing, a second thing that just blew me out of the water, and I knew this, but it was confirmed, was that this couple, they were going out for eighteen months, engaged for about seven, eight months or so. And they made a decision that they were going to pursue uh, courtship based not on Hollywood and its version of courtship, based on the Holy Word. And um, so they made a decision that they would not even kiss until their wedding day. Oh, ouch. <laughs> now, can I ask you, was that what you had decided, you and Shell? Definitely not. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. That's, that's pretty epic. That's pretty epic. That yeah, I'm not. I'm not. That, I, I remain they, to be convinced. But anyway, yeah, I'm, anyway, I'm happy for them. They wanted to have I'm happy. For they them. wanted to have very clear boundaries, 
and they did not want to, you know, fall into temptation unnecessarily. So I'm not saying that this is for everyone. For everyone. But that's what but, they decided. Yeah, but it's interesting. Um, so when the, when, when the father of the bride said, you may now kiss the bride, it was literally for the first time. <laughs> and you all got to see it. <laughs> it was so cool. And he had a Kubra hat. He had a Kubra hat and he placed it over him and his bride and then he sort of took it off. And, and all night long, you know what we were doing? We oh, were yes. just clanging, Absolutely. clanging, clanging all night. It was a lot of fun. Give them the opportunity to make up for lost time, right? Absolutely. Anyway, so we wish them all the best, Trent and Erin, and um, yeah, pray that God will continue to bless them. But yeah, the, the whole reception, the wedding, the reception, deeply spiritual. Mm. Like they had a Bible. They had a Bible there that you could underline your favorite verse, like a family Bible, and uh, write your name next to it and maybe a little comment they had, like, you know, a wide margin. No, that's seen, really nice. Yeah, never seen that at a wedding as well. So, yeah, um, yeah different highlighters so you could I underline. like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, so that was really cool. So what about you, mate? You guys had a wedding as well. well ours was a, ours was a week and a half ago. Yeah, well, tell us, tell us. I, I thought you already talked about this, didn't you? Talk, you didn't talk no, about this with uh, producer Shell last week. No. Well, it was our son, our <laughs> oldest son. All of <laughs> our boys, Danny, our boys are married off. They're they're gone. They're gone. Wow. Yes, they're gone. So uh, yes, our oldest son. I'm trying to think of uh, some things that I saw at that wedding that I've never seen at any other wedding ever in my life before. It was a Did kind you, of traditional wedding. Here we go, Shell. Okay. Shell, you can no, you can at weigh the reception, in. Reception, we had something different. All of you know how at weddings you have like a little take home gift for all the guests. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, the take home gift for them was their name written out in Scrabble tiles, and they were like really cool vintage wooden and plastic Scrabble tiles mixed together, and it looked really cool. And all of the tables, so there were six people to each table. They. Um, had to scrabble their their names together and create a message for the couple. Mm. And so yeah, in the middle of their table they would they they would mix they mix their tiles up and would have to find a, a way to write out a message. And it was really um fun activity and really cool some of the messages that people were able to come up with from the mixture of just those letters. And uh yeah, lots of people said that that was something that they hadn't ever seen or done before, but they really loved it. Mm. And then they were able to take their, their tiles back with them with their little take-home card and stuff, yeah. Wow, wow, that's cool. I haven't, haven't yeah, that, that's unique. The other thing that I saw that I'd never seen before was a lineup of uh, four JB74 Suzuki Jimneys, uh, which were the <laughs> wedding cars. So that was, you know, you don't exactly see Suzuki Jimneys as wedding cars, but uh, this time we did. Wow. So where did you get them from? Facebook. Oh, wow. Went on the, went on the JB74 Facebook group and said, hey, I'm getting married. Who wants to come and bring their car? Huh? And uh, there was like. Because he has one. He has one. And so okay. he brought his and there were three others like, yeah, we'll come. Oh, wow. So um, that was pretty awesome. They were actually, I spoke to a few of the drivers. They were pretty excited to be there. You don't exactly. Oh, yeah. you, you got a little Suzuki four-wheel drive. You don't expect to uh, use that as a wedding car. So no. they were they were pretty cool with uh, getting to use that as a wedding oh, car. Well, any opportunity to give their to give their baby airtime and oh, you know absolutely. exposure. Yes, yes, indeed. These car. Oh, fantastic! So anything else exciting happened at the wedding? E- Eliza, our new daughter-in-law, she's um, from a very religious family as well. Um, not Adventist necessarily, um, just her and her brother. But yeah, she said we're used to long messages, so preach long. And I'm she an evangelist, <laughs> and I got to do the wedding. So, so you did the wedding. I did the and wedding. It wasn't like a 50 minute message. They 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 they, they told me to go long. 
Yeah. And I'm an evangelist. Oh. So, you know, you're an evangelist as yeah. well. You know that, what, you, like, know what you like would do? Music to my ears. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you get, ever get oh. to do a wedding, Danny, and, and they say, go long oh. and make it evangelistic, oh. it's like the best <laughs> fun ever. So what happened? Did you, did you, did you? Do oh, as I, pre- I preached for like three hours. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was longer than what the standard wedding would be, definitely. Yeah, I've basically been given like seven to ten minutes in this day and age, seven to ten minutes. Even my sister, she goes, Danny, you got seven minutes. I'm like, what? Seven minutes? That's barely going to give me enough time to talk about you. You've, you've opened your mouth and that's it. You, uh, you're done. It's exactly. Like, shut exactly. up and sit back down again. So, But the good thing is when you get started, no one can pull you up. You know what I mean? Like you got the microphone and this that is, true. is that. This so. is true. One of the evangelists who trained me actually told me this once you've got the microphone you've got the microphone (laughs) don't sit down until the message that god has laid on your heart has been presented yeah well well that was like a a church i was i was preaching in lakeside church on saturday and um part of a a four-part series during the month of um june on the sabbath and I had the final message on the change of the Sabbath as well as the end time implications of that and so forth. So I told them straight out, I said, folk, look, you know, um, it was quarter, quarter to 12 when I got up um, after all the music and the prelims and so on and so forth had um, had ended. And I said, look, folk, if you need to go, if you've got medication that you've got to attend to, visitors coming home for lunch or you need to go somewhere or you're just over it, just go. That's fine. I don't have any trouble. No issues not offended any which way. So I'll put it out there and um, pretty much everyone stayed. <laughs> when you give permission to people, that's fine. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And then no one can whinge and complain to you afterwards. You know, like I, I preached for an hour. I preached for an hour. I told them I've got a lot of stuff. You know, I've been yes. asked to share a lot of stuff. This is just not going to happen in 20 minutes. Yes. Nice. Well yeah. done. So it was good. That's smooth. I've yeah. not done that before. Yeah. So anyway, I, will, I will remember to do that in the future. <laughs> so anyway. So um, yeah, that's great. And um, we wish them all the best. So that's uh, El- El- Eliza. Eliza and Harley. Harley. Eliza. Currently honeymooning in Cape York. Cape York. Wow. Yeah. They've, they've got their little... That's right up the top, isn't it? Right up the top. Wow. Remote. Like seriously remote. Wow. Amazing. Yes. Good on them. They've taken the tent. They're having an adventure. Oh, so for how long? I think they're up there for a couple of weeks. Wow, good on them. Good on them. Lockdown will get nowhere near them. No, um, not at all. There's literally no people to lock up. Well, and, and this is the thing, Aaron. <laughs> they got married in Queensland. They're honeymooning in Queensland. This is how we do things these days. Yeah. You know, you, you have your honeymoon in the state that you get married yeah. in. It's pretty much the only safe thing that you can yeah. do. Poor Queensland. We, 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 we spare a thought for them. We know, do. Again. Well, we won't go on. We know why. If you, well, if you, you know, this time we're kind of having our turn. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's been like pretty bad. Like, I mean, like a drubbing, like yeah. really bad. Victoria like, is the one that's been smashed the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about what happened on the field. The cockroaches. Oh, yes. The cockroaches and the blues. Yes, that's yes, what yes. I'm talking well, about. That's, that's a very, even... it's a very sad chapter for our poor Queensland friends. So we, we deeply. Think of you at this time. Uh-huh. We we mourn uh-huh. with you from the bottom of our heart. <laughs> Does it sound sincere? Hardly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's about time. It's about time we had some time in the sun. I reckon. Uh, anyway, so folk, um, I hope and pray you have had a blessed um, week and that you're doing okay wherever you may be. The Lord is good. When people ask me how you doing, Danny, I'm praising the Lord always because the Lord is always good. Um, Indeed. Whether we're in lockdown or not, the Lord is always good and he's coming back soon. And that's why we call this show Looking Up. 
Because Jesus said, when you see all these crazy things happening in the world, um, trouble and turmoil and, you know, the craziest things that no one could ever dream of only 18 months ago, when we start seeing these things and, and the acceleration, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Yep. So do you believe we're, we're getting close to that sound of the trumpet, Lyle? Absolutely. Jesus is coming back soon. There is so much that is happening in our world right now. You know, things that we could talk about that just are evidence of the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. Amen. And on that, give us a, a, a quick reminder of a program that you are going to be airing in two weeks' time. It's called, uh, well, it's the end.digital. Digital. This one is called The End of Time. And we're kind of going to do it in two parts. The first part is all of the events end time events, what's going to happen, you know, Jesus coming back, the resurrection, uh, the millennium, hellfire, all these kind of, all of the events, what are going to be the events of the end? And then we're going to follow that through with the second half of the series, which is going to be what is all of the issues of the end? Mm. So the issue of worship, the issue of God's law, you know, all of those kinds of issues. That'll be the second part. So we're going to have a focus on the end of time and everything that takes place at that time period. That's going to be so exciting. So, folks, we're going to give you more details regarding that series in a little bit. But now some music from the Philip Craig Dean, The Tears, The News, and we'll be back with you after that. So stay tuned. Though for now we walk down roads of sorrow Underneath this heavy weight of grief Soon there'll be a bright and glorious morning Where we'll find our joy at last complete Where the streets are And there is tears Though for now We feel the ache of parting Burdened with The pain of sad goodbyes Yet we cling To that great hope He's promised of a glad reunion in the sky Where the streets of gold Welcome weary souls All the grateful drink From the crystal stream Peace forevermore Troubles thing that's missing there is tears Oh yeah Oh yeah yeah. 
Everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan. And if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. Wasted not his time away, pray to God every morning, noon and night. He cared not for the things of ale, trusted one who never fails. Daniel prayed every morning, noon and night. Old Daniel said his living God while upon his turn he tried. He prayed to God every morning, noon and night. He cared not for the things of ale, trusted king said creed. Cause he would not honor men, but he prayed to God. He prayed to God every morning, noon and night. The jaws were locked, it made him shout. God soon brought him safely out. Daniel prayed every morning, noon and night. Old Daniel said, No, sir. While upon his he tried. He prayed to God every morning, noon and night. He cared, cared not for the trusted king, sitting creel. Daniel prayed every morning. Now, brother, let us 
just watch and pray like Daniel did from day to day. He prayed to God. He prayed to God. Every morning, noon and night. But too can gladly dare and do. Things of God he'll take us through. Well, Daniel prayed. Well, Daniel prayed. Every morning, noon and night. Oh, Daniel sings. Daniel served. Here he trod. He prayed to God. He prayed to God. Every morning, noon and night. He cared not for him. But for us did kings decree. Well, Daniel prayed. Well, Daniel prayed. Every morning, noon and night. You're on Looking Up this afternoon with Danny and my special guest from the morning show, the morning show, Lyle Southwell. Welcome, Lyle. Uh, it's good to be here, Danny. Just uh, really enjoying it here on the afternoon show. Yeah, this is this is probably a time when you're sort of ready to to hit the sack as you prepare for that early <laughs> morning rise. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, it is kind of weird to be here in the afternoon after having already done a couple of hours of radio and being up since. I don't know what time the alarm goes off at like 4.30 or something like that in the morning yeah. to uh, get ready for the breakfast show. Yeah, so you're kind but, of winding down about this time of the day eh? because you've kind of done all your, your hard yards in the morning, then you've probably done a little bit of prep after that and the brain's starting to wind down by about now. Yes, well, hey. You a know, little bit. We're, we, we are back on air. We are, well and we are here to study the Bible, so this yeah. is going to be a good thing. Absolutely, Shell. Also good to have Shell. She's our she's our producer, and it's great to have her on board. So, folk, um, before we before we dig into our Bible study, last chapter of the book of Daniel, an exciting chapter. Just want to give you uh, a few details once again. Firstly, if you want to call in and you have a question or a prayer request, feel free to do that. O four nine one. 064669, that's the mobile number, 0491 or you can call our general station number on 1-800-324-843, that's 1-800-324-843. If you're interested in doing Bible studies, you'd like someone to study the Bible with you, either in person or, or maybe online, we have people who are trained and who love to do that, Lyle. Absolutely. And so give us, give, a us, yeah, give us a call and we'll put you in touch with someone that can help you understand and dig a lot deeper and prepare for the soon return of Jesus. Yes. So that's really exciting. If you want to catch up on some of the previous um, episodes of this Looking Up series in the book of Daniel, simply go to our Faith FM website, which is at faithfm.com.au. Go to the podcast section there. Go to Looking Up. And you'll be able to, um, yeah, tune into all the previous episodes and, and catch up and listen to the whole book of Daniel as we have yeah. unpacked it because we're at the last part. Make sure you download the week. app, Faith FM Australia app. Faith FM Australia app. Yes. Fantastic. Um, also, uh, Lyle, there's a giveaway. There is, and it will ha- take place, I understand, at the end of the show, That's the right. first caller and the third caller. There's going to be a code word, so you can't call now. But I can tell you what the giveaway is, just yep. to whet your appetite so you know what's coming up. This one's called The Bloodthirsty Woman and The Seven-Headed Beast by Steve Wahlberg. We're talking about Bible prophecy here. Uh, the books of Daniel and Revelation, of course, go hand in hand. And here we've got this book uh, all about who is who is the woman? Who is the beast? What are the seven heads? What are the what are the ten horns of Revelation chapter seventeen? That's fascinating. Um, and there's and there's just so much confusion. There is because it's a very cryptic prophecy. Absolutely, 
And whenever Danny does a Bible study on it, he gets it wrong. So, you know, <laughs> you can be sure of that. Just as well, we haven't spent much time in Revelation yet. Ah, <laughs> oh, we'll have to get there. We'll have to come back and do Revelation we after will. we finish Daniel. We will, we will. So, um, there's just so much to, so much to study and so much to unpack uh, in, in the space of Bible prophecy. And really, uh, the reason why we're in a position, Lyle, to understand Bible prophecy like no other generation since the prophecies were first given in Daniel some two and a half thousand years ago is because of this very chapter and its promise that at the time of the end, God's going to open up. He's going to unseal that which was sealed up until that point in time. So that's all in Daniel chapter 12. Yes, it's all there. And so it's not that we're any brighter. It's not that, um, you know, we're any... You know, that, that, that we've got privileges um, that, say, others didn't have. Um, our predecessors, when it comes to Bible study and scholars and so on and so forth, I mean, we obviously... We just do, live in a different time. We live in a very different time. So we're able to look back and yes. see what what they could not see. Looking. We have the benefit of being able to see that 90% of all prophecy or maybe 99% of all prophecy has already been fulfilled. That's exactly right. Whereas for you know people studying this passage 2,000 years ago, there was a lot of it that was still in the future. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And um, we shared this earlier and, and worth, again, giving it a quick plug, but we're going to do so uh, again later on. But Lyle will be in two weeks' time. He is beginning uh, a new series, End of Time, and it's at... Um, the end dot digital. The end dot digital. So all the information is there. It begins in two weeks' time on July fourteen. Is that right? That's right. July fourteen, and you're going to be unpacking uh, these prophecies from the Bible that tell us not only the times that we are living in right now and what the Bible has to say about that, but where things are leading to all the way to the climax of human yes. history. Yes. So that's going to be very exciting. We'll share a little bit more with you on that because we've got Lyle here. So he's the man who will be um, presenting that series. But at this point in time, we're going to pray, Lyle, and then we're going to dig into this Bible study because there's so much to cover and uh, we need God to lead and guide us. So would you like to lead us in prayer, Lyle? Absolutely. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that we can dig into it, that we can read it, understand it. We pray that you will help us to apply it in our lives and that you'll bless us with your Holy Spirit as we study it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, folks, just a, just a quick recap um, so that we're all on the same bus heading heading to this final chapter. Uh, the book of Daniel contains stories and prophecies. The stories have, have end time meaning and application, and the prophecies of Daniel, there are four in total, they go from the days of Daniel all the way through to the end of time. And, um, and each prophecy, as we have discovered, builds on the previous one. So the four prophecy, the, the, the four prophecies, got myself all tongue tied, are there in Daniel chapter two. That's the first one. The metal man, Daniel chapter seven, where we've got the four beasts. Um, and then in Daniel chapter eight, we have another prophecy that is also connected with, with chapter 9. And then the fourth and final prophecy is Daniel chapter 10 to 12. Those three chapters bring us to the conclusion. And as I've been um, reading through these prophecies, I've really enjoyed it, Lyle. I've noticed that God keeps building. He not only repeats, but he enlarges yes. on the previous prophecy. Now, you have studied Bible prophecy for a long time. What have you discovered in that space of how God... Um, takes one prophecy, he builds on it, he enlarges. Why does God do that? 
I think God understands that we're a bit slow and a bit thick and so he needs to tell us the same thing a number of different times for us to be able to get it. But it also gives us the opportunity to be able to see prophecy from different perspectives and to be able to see it fulfilled in history from different perspectives. So if you look at your first uh, three prophecies of the book of Revelation, which is your seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, you know, and you look at your seven churches, this is God in relationship to his church. Mm. Then you go to the seven seals and you've got a different view of God in relation to his church and the church in relationship to the state. And then you go to the seven trumpets and you've got God in relationship to the state. You know, you read the, the prophecy of the seven trumpets through, and there is virtually no reference anywhere within that prophecy to God's people, God's church, anything like that. It's all the fact that God is sovereign ruler and that nothing happens in this world without his say-so, including the political events that take place around us. Mm. And so, you know, that's just one example of, you know, three different views of the same time period. Well, that's really fascinating because um, the book of Daniel as I took a look at those um, four prophecies, you have you have in a number of those prophecies, in particular um, in Daniel chapter eight, which corresponds with Daniel chapter eleven. There's a lot of connecting points there. You have God outlining the 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 political um, elements uh, and then the religious elements, political yes. and then religious. It's really fascinating. So so God covers all bases because we have, and at the end of time in the book of Revelation, and this is. And, and this is where we are heading in this chapter. We have, we have the merger of the political and the religious. Yes. In order to oppress God's people in that final worship war that will come upon the planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, fascinating stuff. And and you know, if you look at the contrast between say seven and eight, and in seven where you've got you know nations symbolized by beasts, by animals, yeah, and they're beasts of prey. Like vicious, nasty ones. Yeah. And Lion, then you go to leopard, bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go to chapter. From chapter 7, you go to chapter 8, where you've got now beasts of sacrifice. Mm. And the focus is now on the temple and what God is going to do in the sanctuary and the judgment and all of these kinds of issues, looking at it from, you know, a very different perspective. And so, you know, you've got, you've got this situation where a, a, a nation can be symbolized by both a, a, a beast of prey and a beast of sacrifice. Yeah, it's fascinating. But you get a different, you get a different message each time. And it depends what the focus is. Like you said, in Daniel chapter 8, the focus is on the sanctuary, yes. on the plan of salvation. That's right. In Daniel chapter 7, the, the focus is on this power that, that arises. The Antichrist. Um, the Antichrist and, and how it wars against the saints. But we have specific detail of where that, of where that war will concentrate, yes. which, is, which is a sanctuary message. That's right. And then in Daniel chapter 11 and 12 in particular, 10 to 10 to 12, we have this final battle. We have this behind-the-scenes look in Daniel chapter 10 of the great controversy, this, this, this struggle between good and evil. And then in Daniel chapter 11, it's a, it's a fascinating prophecy, that one in Daniel chapter 11, and that's probably one of the most challenging prophecies in all of Scripture because there's so much detail, very specific detail, where um, although names are not given of individuals, um, but but we have identifying characteristics, we have very clear and very specific, really specific ones. We indeed do, um, and um, and and that and that culminates that culminates with that final war between the king of the north and the king of the south, and we've yes. discovered the king of the north is is um, this apostate religious system. The king of the south is is ultimately in the end time. It's it's the opposite. It's it's secularism. It's atheism. It's and and it's also you know represents Egypt, that that nation that said who is God, 
That's right. Pharaoh. Who is God that I ought to listen to him and yes. pay any attention to him? Which is where we are today. And the Egyptian pharaohs were atheists. They were. We, we need to recognize that. We often think, oh, no, they're not atheists. They're polytheists. No, they were atheists. Mm. And uh, what they did was that they worshipped all of these different gods as personifications of the force of nature. Yeah. It was only the peasants who believed that, oh, okay, you know, this god did this and that god did the other. No, these were personifications of the force of nature for them. They were actually atheists. Mm. They didn't care about any god. They weren't interested. Yeah, well. Religion was used to control the population, and that was about it. Sounds like the Dark Ages. It does sound like the Dark Ages. It sounds like Christianity during the Dark Ages. And you know what? It sounds like a lot of Christianity today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is a tragedy. You look at what is happening in our world with things like uh, the prosperity gospel. Yeah. It's just control of the population. It's all it is. It is, it is. And, yeah, so so the enemy doesn't mind. He doesn't mind um, how the population is controlled. Yes. As long as it's controlled by him, he's happy. Exactly right. And control in essence, comes from the enemy because God at the beginning gave us freedom to choose and he has created us in that way with a capacity to be able to choose because that's what love is. Love, the definition of love is the freedom to choose. Yes. You know, otherwise there is no love. And so the enemy, he loves control and force. And it's fascinating that at the end of chapter 11, we have this final war. And um, if you want to just uh, read, we're not going to read that whole passage, but just to... Just to um, Begin where we ended last week. It says in verse 40, chapter 11, verse 40, if you want to read that, Lyle. At the time of the end, the king of the south will push at him and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, with horsemen, with many ships, shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. Okay, so there's a lot in this passage. We looked at this last week, but the bottom line is uh, the focus here is on the time of the end. In the time of the end, this king of the south shall attack him. That is this king of the north. Okay, And the king of the south represents um, atheism, secularism, um, you know, Darwin and the theory of evolution and so on and so forth. Everything that has taken place since the time of the end began, and that began in 1798. 1798 is when that prophecy of that 1260-year period where the papal church would rule and reign in Europe would come to an end. And that came to an end in 1798 when uh, the French general Berthier took the Pope captive and that brought about the deadly wound that we find in Revelation 13.3. And I was pointing out uh, to Lyle something that he didn't know, that I didn't know until until Charissa pointed it out last week, and that is that word attack there in Daniel 11.40 where the king of the south attacks him, that is the king of the north, that word means to push against or to gore, to give a deadly wound, and that connects that with Revelation 13.3. And so this is happening right at the end of time, but the Bible is very clear. It gives the most time to what will happen next. And so the king of the north, he goes and he seeks to attack God's people as we read the rest of the passage. But at the end of time, there is something that troubles this king of the north, and that is the news that comes from the east. Yes, from the north and the east. From the north and the east. Ah, absolutely. Love it. We looked at that last week, and that represents that final message of God's love. Yes. um, That's going to be shared and um, given to the whole world uh, to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. And so that brings us to the beginning of Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, which we're going to get to after this music break. We're going to dive into this chapter with that introduction from Newsboys. All hail the power of Jesus' name. 
Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. He chosen seed of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord. Saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of all. Kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. So looking forward to that day, Lyle, when Jesus will be crowned Lord of all before all those that he has redeemed from this sin-sick planet. You looking forward to that day? Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what a day that will be. So that was just a beautiful song. Hope you enjoyed that. And we are in the book of Daniel. We're in... Uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, that final chapter where where it all comes to... Uh, a climax, and um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna look at a passage now that is very sober, very serious, but very encouraging. Lyle, absolutely. So we are now looking at uh, Daniel's description that God gave to him through the angel of what the time of the end, the 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 last part of the time of the end before Jesus comes will look like. In fact, the time of the end, the time of the end is a period immediately before the end of time. Yes. And what's the end of time? Well, that's 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 when Jesus comes back. That's that was, when Jesus when comes over. back. Exactly right. So we have that phrase, time of the end, several times in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 8. The period of the end. That's right. And Daniel chapter 11 and in Daniel chapter 12. So we are living in that, in that period right now. So Lyle, do you want to kick us off uh, with Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1? At that time, Michael will stand up the great prince which stands for the children of your people. And there will be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Wow. 
This is this is quite a description. Yeah, it's a pretty full on, pretty full <laughs> on right here. I mean, you think about the various times of trouble that have existed down through history, yeah. and the Bible says that this one will top them all. This is the great time of trouble. It's, it's fascinating that uh, Jesus referred to this very time. Yes. If you want to go to Matthew twenty four twenty one, Matthew twenty four twenty one, Jesus referred to this time of trouble such as never has been the case in all of human history. Matthew twenty four and verse. 21. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, uh, you think about some of the different times of trouble. You've got the very long time of trouble of 1260 years. Yeah. You know, that, that, that one was, that one was long. That's right. Then you've got the short, sharp, violent ones like the Great Flood. Yeah. And the Bible says this will top them all. Yeah. So, um, this will be a short period of time, yes, but very intense, the most intense That's right. in all of human history. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation, or the original reads, there will be a tribulation, the great one. That's how the original reads, tribulation, the great one, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. So that's, uh, that's reflecting the words of, of Daniel, so Jesus yeah. here is tapping into that language of Daniel. The next verse is really, really relevant to. Well, do you want to read that? Yeah, it says, "Unless those days were shortened, there would no flesh be saved." Mm. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So you've got a time of trouble here that would literally take the life of every living person on earth if God didn't cut it short. Yeah, and it's interesting that you have salvation here. Mm-hmm. In Matthew 24, verse 22, as you've pointed out, you have the elect here mentioned. Yes. And the elect are mentioned four times in, in Matthew 24, yes. including um, when Jesus comes. It says, you know, the elect will be ready to receive him, but those who mourn will be sadly lost. And so here in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, we also have deliverance. We do. We've got Michael standing up, that great For prince. For the children of your people. That's right. That's right. So let's unpack Michael. Michael has been, um, yeah, I guess, I guess there's a lot of discussion and debate in Christian circles in particular. Who is Michael? Is Michael an angel? Is Michael, um, some other heavenly being? Um, what's the story with Michael? Can we know who Michael is? Okay. The Bible is crystal clear about this. And the reason that there is debate is because the Bible refers to Michael as being the archangel. Mm-hmm. Now, an angel, people typically think about an angel as being a created being. Yeah. However, the Bible is just packed full of instances where God is referred to as an angel or the angel of the Lord, etc. In fact, if you go to, uh, say, Genesis chapter, uh, sorry, uh, Exodus chapter 5, where you've got the, burning, the story of the burning bush, the Bible says the angel of the Lord was in the burning bush and God spoke from the burning bush and God said, you know, I am who I am. So the great self-existent one, the ruler and creator of the universe, the one who claims to be the I am, is referred to as the angel. Probably one of my favorite verses on this one, which makes it so just abundantly clear. There's a passage here that you can never argue with, and we're going to look at why the Bible uses this uh, kind of language, is in Genesis chapter, I think I'm going to, 48. Okay. Genesis chapter 48. And verse 16, and this is Jacob speaking, and he says, The angel which redeemed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe bless the lads and so forth. It goes on from there. Now, is it possible for anyone other than Jesus Christ to be our redeemer? No. No. 
So this is clearly Jesus Christ, and Jesus is being referred to as an angel. Now, people ask the question, why? How can how can uh, Jesus be an angel? Jesus is not an angel. Jesus is God. Mm. And that's because we miss the point of what the word angel actually means. We, we, we work under this assumption that an angel is a created being, has wings, flies between heaven and earth, is a heavenly messenger, all of those kind of things. The word angel, angelos, simply means messenger. That's right. So my question, Danny, is was Jesus ever a messenger? Yes, he was. Was there ever a greater messenger than Jesus? No. No, Jesus was the greatest messenger that ever lived. Uh, There are places in the Bible where King David is referred to as an angel. There are places in the Bible where the Apostle Paul is referred to as an angel. Were they a heavenly being? No, they were human beings. Mm. But did they carry a message? Yes. Yes, they did. Yes. And that's why the Bible refers to them that way. And what's also interesting is that in relationship to Michael, the Bible uses the word ark, yeah. which means greatest. You know, if you have an ark enemy, it's kind of old English, but if you have an ark enemy, it's your greatest enemy. Yeah. So if you are going to say that Michael is a created being who is the ark or greatest messenger, then you've got a major problem because now you have a messenger who is greater than Jesus Christ. Mm. That's not possible. Yeah. That's pretty blasphemous. Yeah. So we need to make it very, very clear that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. He never had a beginning. He never has an end. He was not a created being. There was no point at which Jesus received life from the Father. Mm. Uh, There was no point at which he was not separate from the Father. Jesus has always been, you know, one of the three members of the Godhead. Yeah. Uh, a, a distinct person in the Godhead. That we need to make absolutely clear. But we also need to recognize that it is the voice of Michael the Archangel that calls the dead to life. That's right. Are you going to have a created being who has the power to give life? No. No. You know, Only it, God alone can give life. That's right. And you can read that if you go to, uh, let me see here, if you go to uh, First Thessalonians, Second First Thessalonians chapter 5. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. See, this is, this is, this is, this is what happens. When <laughs> this is you... the difference between the afternoon show and the morning show. <laughs> I'm a little bit more tired in the afternoon show. Now, chapter 4, the Bible says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, With the voice of the archangel. Who has Mm. the voice of the archangel? The Lord does. The Lord does. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. The Bible says very clearly that the dead rise at the voice of the archangel. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That's right. In fact, if you go to John chapter 5, let me see if I can get this one right. John chapter 5, verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. All Mm. that are in the graves will hear his Mm. voice that is the voice of Jesus Christ, those that have done good to the resurrection of life, those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Mm, you can't clear. have a created being running around doing those kind no, of things. No, The Bible's very clear. God is the only one who has the power to raise the dead. One more thought, and then I'll shut up because I've said too much. No, you haven't. That's been good. Uh, add, the Bible I'll... talks in uh, Joshua. If we go to Joshua, let me flick over there very quickly. Uh, uh, the Bible speaks of an encounter that Joshua has with the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is an interesting encounter. Uh, he's one of these very few people in the Bible who actually had one of these. 
And uh, where are we? Joshua. Oops, that's Judges. That's not going to work. Let me go back to Joshua. It's right in the beginning here. Let me just see if I can find it. Um, here we go. Here we go. Joshua chapter 5. Uh, it came to pass in verse 13 that Joshua was, with, was near Jericho and he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but as captain of the host of the Lord, have I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said unto him, why, what says my Lord unto your servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Loose your shoe from off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Mm-hmm. And so here we find Joshua meeting the captain of the Lord's host. Mm. Now the Bible describes Mark, Michael the archangel as being captain of the Lord's host. Yes. And when you go to, uh, we, we know this is Jesus here. Yes. You know, he's, he's, the, the Bible is very clear. You know, take your take your shoes off because you're standing on holy ground. Well, this is well, exactly we have the Joshua same. worshiping, whereas John yes. in Revelation worships the angel, and the angel says, "Do not do that." That's right. Do not worship because angels are not to be worshipped. So we have this we have this commander of the Lord's army who is worshipped, and uh, and he is not saying, "Do not worship me." So this is Jesus Christ. This is Jesus, crystal clear. Then you go to Revelation chapter 12 mm-hmm. and you find that there was war in heaven in verse 7. There was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. Mm-hmm. The commander of the Lord's army is Michael. Exactly right. The Bible is crystal clear about that. And Michael is God because Michael accepts worship. That's exactly right. That's a key we, point. We, we, we could go on all day about this one verse after another, after another, after another. People get upset because when you call Michael the, Michael the archangel Jesus, they're like, oh, you're saying that he was a created being. No. No. Not at all. We're not saying that Michael was a created being. We are saying that Michael has always existed. Another, another, another key point is that the word Michael means who is like God. Yes. Who is like God? It's not an angel. An angel no. cannot claim Never. the prerogatives that belong to God. Absolutely. Only Jesus Christ can can't even be, be, can't even can, be close to being exactly. like God. So who is like God is what the word Michael means. And so that is, is a very clear reference to Jesus. You have Michael, um, the archangel, you know, contending with the devil. Uh, Over regard, the body of Moses. Regarding the body is of Michael that, the that's archangel. That's in Jude verse 9. You yes. Know. Resurrects Moses. Exactly. And in Daniel chapter 10... We have we have Michael described there as the prince, and it's interesting what it's interesting what Michael the archangel says when he resurrects Moses when Satan comes to argue with him. Yeah, because he says the Lord rebuke you. Yeah, which is exactly what Jesus says in Zechariah when there is a discussion about Joshua the high priest. That's right. Jesus says the Lord rebuke you. Mm. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very clear. So that's so that's who Michael is. So back to Daniel chapter twelve, and we have Michael standing up on behalf of his people. Yes, and that is such good news. It is. Because, I find it. Sorry. sorry. Now go go. I, I find it fascinating that Michael or Jesus here stands up mm. because the Bible says over and over and over again that Jesus went to heaven and sat down on the right hand of the Father. Mm, powerful. But you know what's interesting? There's one place in the New Testament where you find Jesus standing. Yeah. Stephen looks into heaven. That's right. Stephen sees Jesus That's standing. That's Acts chapter 8. That's right. Yes, standing on the side of the beside the throne. And you have exactly the same event mm. taking place in both of these circumstances. Mm. 
you have a close of probation. Yeah. The end of salvation, of course, in Daniel chapter 12, and the establishment of the Christian church, or the end of the Jewish church, in Acts chapter 7. So close of probation on the Jewish church and the establishment of the Christian church. Close of probation here, this time Mm, on the whole world. It's a good point. When Jesus stands up, probation closes. That's a great insight. Thanks for sharing that. Well, folk, we're going to be back. There's so much more to unpack from Daniel chapter 12. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy She Reads Truth. Great is thy faithfulness.
What a great song. Great is thy faithfulness, and indeed, God is faithful. Isn't that right, Lyle? Indeed. Welcome, Lyle. Good to have you, mate. I have just so enjoyed this passage um, so far. But you know what? We've got through one verse so far. We've got through one verse, yeah. (laughs) You know, we could spend a couple of weeks or more on on this passage because it's just so much to unpack. But um, Lyle, tell us about the the giveaway. Yes, before we get into the our back into our Bible study, uh, the bloodthirsty woman and the seven headed beast by Steve Wahlberg, all about Revelation chapter seventeen, answers all of your questions on that really important subject. One of the most challenging, I think. Revelation seventeen is kind of up there with Daniel eleven. Yeah, it is. Um, probably probably not as intense, but it is up there. It's definitely say. up there. It's, it's in a similar category. It's a fascinating Bible study. Wish we had time to get into it, but we don't. But you can get into it. If you wait for the code word, you can call us on 0491-064-669. And, of course, if you want to just share in the Bible study, if you've got some thoughts here that you would like to share from Daniel chapter 12, uh, that's the number. Give us mm. a call. We'd, we would love to hear from you. Or shoot us a text message. We'll yeah. read it on air. Absolutely. Yeah, love to do that. So we just want to finish off here in Daniel 12, 1 before we, before we move on to, to the rest of the passage. A couple of things I want to point out here, Lyle, um, for our listeners, and that is at that time, so we're, we're talking about this time of trouble such as never was just before the, the coming of Jesus. And really, this time of trouble is the seven last plagues. That's right. This is the seven last plagues. Clo- probation has closed. Yes. Everyone, as you pointed out earlier, has made their decision either for Christ or against Christ. They either have the seal of God or the mark of the beast. Probation has closed. And we have the outpouring of the seven last plagues. And during that most fearful time in human history, the Bible here clearly says, your people will be delivered. That's good news right there. Your people will be delivered. That's the promise. That, That is the promise. And so the story of Daniel in the lion's den, the story of the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, will be played out at the end of time where God delivered them through the trouble, not yes. from the trouble. And this is what you find interesting because where where you look at the parallel passage in Revelation chapter 15 and 16, what you find is that the very last thing that happens before the plague falls is the temple is filled with smoke mm. and no one can go in. So Jesus stands up, he leaves the temple, it's over, it's done, he's coming back to this earth. It's filled with smoke. Now, that smoke in the Bible is a symbol of God's protection. Mm. Because when you look at the pillar of cloud, the pillar yes, of smoke, yes. this was what protected God's people as they crossed over from Egyptian captivity into the promised land. Mm. When they were facing annihilation, certain annihilation, they passed over the Red Sea, they came into the promised land, and it was that smoke, that pillar of smoke that protected them at that particular time. And then for the next 40 years, you know, it gave them, it gave them shade during the day and fire at night to keep them warm. And that pillar of smoke was in the midst of the camp. Yes. The sanctuary was in the midst of the camp That's of right. Israel. And so God will be in the midst of, of his, his people. people. Absolutely. And it goes on and it says, everyone who is found written in the book. Now, what is this book? Do we have any other information in Scripture? Does the Bible speak of book, any other book? Well, Daniel speaks of other books. You can read that in uh, Daniel chapter 7 where the Bible says the judgment was set and the books were opened. Yes, that's right. Another book was opened in Revelation chapter uh, 20 where the Bible says, you know, another book was opened, which is the book of life. That's right. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Yep. And so you've got a record here of everything that has ever taken place. And I think this is absolutely exciting. I think it's critical. Uh, One of the things that I really love about the books, of course, is that if you're covered by the blood of Jesus, the only things that you will find written there 
when you have that opportunity in the future to go and read it, is the righteous things that Jesus did through you. Yeah. And so, you know, right now, I wouldn't be too keen if you went and read the history of my life. But when we get to heaven, yeah. Danny, you're more than welcome to do so because, <laughs> because Jesus' blood, you know, wipes out everything, every evil thing that we have yes. done. Yes, absolutely. And the only things that you'll find there are those are the righteous things that Jesus did through us. That's right. This and is why the Bible says judgment is found in favor of the saints. That's exactly, and that's in Daniel twelve. Sorry, Daniel chapter seven. But and that's why the Bible says in First John one nine that famous scripture. You know, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that ensures that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, as it's described there in Revelation. A number of um, times, the book of Revelation from chapter three all the way to chapter twenty one speaks of this book of life. It's also described as the book of remembrance um, in Malachi chapter three sixteen, and and the passage there is very clearly associated with with God's people who have the victory through yes. Christ. Um, Daniel speaks of it as the book of truth in chapter ten and verse twenty one. So yeah, the 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 aim is for us to be safe and secure in Christ and to have our names, to have our characters. And that's what a name represents in Scripture. It represents character. That's right. When Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel, it was a character. It was a character transformation um, that God was there describing. And so our names need to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And then the passage goes on. If you want to read verse 2. Okay, the Bible says that many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay, now if this is speaking of the second coming yes. of Jesus, yes. why is there a resurrection of those also? We understand the resurrection of the living. You spoke of that earlier in First Thessalonians chapter 4. When Christ comes, you know, the dead in Christ, they will rise first and those who are alive will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. We know that. But there's a passage, this passage here says there will be those that will awake to our everlasting life and those will awake to shame and everlasting contempt. So what's going on here? Do we how, have, do you have, how do you have wicked people being resurrected at the coming of Jesus? When Jesus comes back. Exactly, yes. Okay, this is really, really interesting. <laughs> You're going to find, if you flick over to uh, Matthew chapter 26, yes. you've got the court scene where Jesus is on trial for his life mm-hmm. and he's standing in front of the high priest and they're accusing him of all kinds of rubbish and he's just not saying anything because it's just absolute. And, and, and they're getting themselves tied up and they're confusing each other and they're contradicting each other and the court case is not going well and the whole thing is starting to fall apart. And so eventually... Um, in verse 63, the Bible says Jesus held his peace. You know, he just stands there and says nothing and, and watches yeah. them all turn themselves into fools. And the high priest, he gets frustrated. So he says, he answered and said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So the high priest is like, this is going nowhere. Let me see if I can just get a straight out confession from him. And so he says, I adjure you by the living God mm. that you tell us. So this is where Jesus has to say it. Yes, as it is. There's That's right. Yep. Absolutely. He's, Jesus is not going to back down from uh, a statement like this. And Jesus said, you've said so. That's exactly who I am. Um, Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. What wow. do you think about that for a moment? If you were the high priest and you're sitting there and you're passing judgment on Jesus and he looks at you and said, yes, I am the Son of God, and I'll raise you to life to see me come back. Wow. That would have to give you pause 
to stop and actually mm. think about, all right, what are my actions right now? Am I doing the right thing? Mm. Unfortunately for Caiaphas and for Annas, it did nothing, mm. had no effect on them at all. And if you go over to Revelation chapter 1, you have the final clue in this prophecy where the Bible says in verse 10, no, verse, verse seven. 7, Behold, he comes with clouds, every eye will see him, and those also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Mm. Now, those that pierced him, the only way that they can see Jesus come back is if they are resurrected. This is a special resurrection. Yeah. This is not the general resurrection no. of the wicked. That doesn't take place to another thousand years. This is a special resurrection where those who crucified Jesus mm. are brought back to life to see him come back. Just as Jesus some people, described. Some people get to die three times. Yeah, wow. That's true. Yes. That's true, yeah. That's a very, very sobering passage. Well, it is. So we want to ensure that by God's grace, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life so that we awake to everlasting life. It's fascinating yes. that it says, you know, those who sleep in the dust. And that reminds us of what God, of how God created human beings. That's the Bible right. is very clear. God created Adam from dust and he breathed into his nostril the breath of air and, and man became a living being. So we have here the reversal of what happened when Adam died, which is he went back into the ground, you know, from dust you are to dust you shall return, God told Adam after he sinned. And we know that at funerals we say, you know, ashes to ashes, dust, dust to, to dust. dust. And so here we have God saying the reversal will take place when I come. I'm going to take that dust again and I'm going to recreate human beings. I'm going to recreate you because you are in my book of life. I have remembered you. That's why it's also called the book of remembrance. When God remembers his people in scripture, he also delivers them. The two go hand in hand. I could share a number of scriptures on that, but we don't have time. But when God remembers his people, he delivers them. It's also significant that the Bible says that they sleep in the dust. Yeah. He resurrects those that sleep in the dust. He's not... You know, it's a bit irrelevant if they are still alive. A resurrection becomes entirely irrelevant if people are still alive. In fact, it cancels out uh, the whole concept of a resurrection if there is immortality of the soul. Yeah. The Bible doesn't teach here the immortality of the soul. The Bible doesn't say here in this particular passage that, you know, uh, many of those that are still alive. No, the Bible says many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Yeah. They're going to wake back up again. Because they've this been in a resurrection. Sleep. That's right. They've been sleeping, sleeping. in death, yeah. and they're going to wake back up again. Yeah. There is no possible way that you can read the immortality of the soul into that verse. This is probably one of the clearest passages it is. On, on what happens to a person when they die. Absolutely. It's one of the clearest passages. Well, let's continue on. We're in verse 3, and there's so much more where we can say, but we've got to keep pressing on because time is against us as always. Verse 3, Lyle, do you want to read that, and then we'll unpack that. Those that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and those that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. Wow. So what do we have here? We have a challenge. We have a challenge that we can be amongst this group. Mm. Those that are wise, um, shining as the brightness of the firmament, and those that turn many to righteousness as the stars. So we here we have the contrast between the wise who shine brightly and, sadly, those who have shame and everlasting contempt in the previous verse. So it's interesting that, you know, wisdom, wisdom is given by God to all those who seek him with all of their hearts to understand what his will and his way is. 
and wise people share Jesus with others. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um and and it's fascinating that that we are given we are given as much wisdom as we want because God says in James chapter one verse five, which is one of my favorite scriptures, you know, um, it speaks of wisdom. You know, if anyone, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives you know freely and abundantly and beyond you know without reproach, but let him ask in faith. Yes. And so God wants to give us wisdom and really to understand the books of prophecy, in particular Daniel and Revelation, we need more than human wisdom. We, we need God's divine wisdom that comes through the Holy Spirit. So that is why whenever we study Bible prophecy, whenever we study the Bible, full stop, we need to ask and pray first before we open up the pages for God's Holy Spirit to to enlighten us because he's the one that gave the scriptures. It's That's the right. Holy Spirit that inspired the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so we desperately need wisdom. So this is not human wisdom, not intellectual wisdom, um, but this is wisdom that comes from heaven. Yes. Yeah. And um, and it's amazing when you dig deep into the word, um, you know, you don't need any commentaries um, or anything like that, not that they're not useful and, and, and cannot serve a purpose. But when you just simply ask the Holy Spirit to lead in God, it's amazing the insights God gives you in the scriptures through the Holy Spirit alone. Have you had experiences like that many times many times and particularly when i'm presenting the word of god and Mm. teaching the word of god i find that's one of the most profitable times that the holy spirit speaks to me and so you've got you know those that turn many to righteousness going out and sharing jesus with others is going to be a fantastic opportunity for god to give insight to you into what the bible actually says Mm. and like you said this is a challenge for us to be stars that, that shine for Christ. And the closer we come to the second coming, the darker this world will be in darkness, in error, in, in confusion. And that's what Babylon is. Babylon is a symbol of confusion, rebellion uh, against God and his love and his word. And everything that is anti-God is Babylon. And God says to his people, come out. And he's calling on us, all of us, to be part of the stars that illuminate the path of those who are coming out of Babylon, who are coming out of confusion. Absolutely. So, folk, there is um, so much more we want to look at. We're going to look at the rest of Daniel chapter 12, in particular verse 4, which speaks of this time of the end. Daniel was was asked to shut up the words and to seal the book until the time of the end, for many would run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So we're ah, going to take a look at this. Really good passage this is right here. a great passage, this verse. And so we're going to unpack this after the break. We're going to go to some music, then to the news, and then we're going to come back with, our, with the final run to the finishing line. It's gone so quickly, Lyle. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, enlightened, accessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed, most glorious, the Ancient of Days, Almighty, victorious, Thy great name we
You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. We're here in the final run this afternoon of our Bible study in the book of Daniel chapter 12 and Lyle and I were just reflecting on the incredible amount of information that we have to still go through and um, this is really important stuff so we're not going to rush through it Lyle. Um, uh, if we have to, we'll come back next week. We're going to come we'll back. Try and get there. We'll, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. But anyway, you want to give us the the giveaway, the bloodthirsty woman and the seven headed beast. We're going to have a code word for this. We're going to let you know what it is, and when the code word comes out, then you can call the number. Please do save this in your phone because right. I say it a little bit too fast. So you're going to need to. I'm going to say it slowly right now. So you've got a chance now to save it in your phone. Type it in and save it in your phone. Right. You get your phones out, ready to go. Here we go. Zero four. Nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the studio number for the Newcastle studio, and that is the number to call. And at the end of this segment, in about first 12, and, first and third caller today, twelve minutes time, we're going to give the code word. We will the code word from today's study. Yes. So we're up to verse four. Lyle, do you want to take us through verse four? Um, we've read it, um, but what are the what are the key points that come out? Of verse 4 for you. Okay, first of all, the book of Daniel is sealed until the time of the end. Yeah. And at the time of the end, obviously it's going to be unsealed. Knowledge will increase. And in the old KJV version, which I love, Mm -hmm. the Bible says men will run to and fro. Yeah. Which means that there's going to be a lot of movement around our planet. Not talking about COVID. No, not talking about COVID. (laughs) And so so what kind of movement? Okay, we... I looked up this phrase, and it's interesting because this phrase also appears in the book of Amos, in Amos chapter 8, verse 12. Um, Let me just quickly go there if I can quickly find Hosea, Joel, Amos, um, chapter 8, verse 12. I'm nearly there. And notice how these words are used. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. So this is this going to and fro. They shall run to and fro. There's that, there's that phrase from Daniel chapter 12. 
seeking the word of guess who? The, the Lord. Lord. But shall not find it. This is fascinating. So during the time of the end, what the Bible here is describing, this running to and fro in, in a primary sense, we're looking at the prophecies of Daniel in particular being circulated far and wide during the time of the end. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the primary purpose. On a secondary note, yes, we can probably apply it to knowledge increasing, um, you know, knowledge increasing not only in the prophecies of Daniel, um, you know, the, the knowledge that has increased in the last couple of hundred years since 1798, but that's not the primary that's not the primary we kind of have to, purpose of, of this scripture. But, yes, it is, it is in a secondary. We kind of have to have that secondary one because without the secondary one you can't have the primary one. Well, that is true. Because if you look at it right here, you've got the book of Daniel sealed until the time of the end. Then it's going to be unsealed. Knowledge is going to increase in relationship to the book of Daniel. And then that's going to cause people to run to and fro. That means to travel, you know, all over the world sharing the message of the book of Daniel. Yeah. You can't do that without knowledge increasing. That's true. That's we true. need knowledge to increase so that the message of the book of Daniel can so be spread around the world. So you're saying that the two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. It's impossible. Yeah, and I guess with the advent of the internet. Oh, yeah, the internet and streaming and you know people listening to the afternoon show in places like Iran, mm-hmm. you know, because you can do that now. You can. Uh, knowledge has increased to the point where men no longer need to run to and fro. Mm. COVID's kind of proven that. So basically, we have the world in our pockets, literally. We do. We literally do. You can go anywhere on the planet just by pulling your device out of your pocket. I've been to places like remote places, you know, where, you know, in, in, in the Solomons, for instance, where people are living traditional lives. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're literally wearing a grass skirt. <laughs> and they will pull out a smartphone. <laughs> I know. I've seen it. It's crazy. It's just bizarre. <laughs> you know, they've got a machete. <laughs> and a smartphone. And they're using the machete in one hand and on the smartphone in the other. Yes. It's like the best picture you will ever take. And, and, the, and the reality With the grass is that hut in the background. The message of <laughs> Daniel has to go to the entire planet before yeah. Jesus comes back. That's what the Bible says. That's right. That's an impossibility without the increase in technological knowledge. Yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, I've never really linked those two aspects together in the way that you've linked them. I have seen, I have seen it too, but I see it this afternoon so much more clearly that the two go hand in hand. It's not one or the other. No, it's both. It's absolutely. It's both. And it's fascinating because there's a book in the book of in the book of Revelation in Revelation chapter 10 that is open that was once upon a time sealed but is opened. And we're speaking yes. of, of, of this prophecy, in particular in Daniel chapter 8, verse 14, which was sealed, you know, unto 2,300 days. Uh, the sanctuary shall be cleansed, and there was misunderstanding. But after 1844, and we've looked at that in the previous program, we have the unsealing of that prophecy as well as, and that comes up, 1844 comes up in Daniel chapter 12, as we keep reading. Absolutely. It Powerful does. stuff. Great. All right. So take us through verses 5 to 7. And let's unpack that. Okay, the Bible says, Then I, Daniel, looked. So it's, it's kind of like he's taking a bit of a break here from, uh, you know, there's a new view. And behold, there stood before, there stood another two, one. Uh, let me just start this again. Struggling here a bit. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on the side of the bank of the river and the other on the side of the bank of the river. So he's two, seeing two people standing on each, each side of a river. Yep. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was on the waters of the river, 
how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was on the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him that lives forever that there will be a time, times and a half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. Wow, okay. There's a lot there. There, is. there are three individuals that Daniel sees. That's right. So one on either side of the river. And one and in the middle. And one in the middle, or as it says in, in my version here, I've got the New King James one, uh, the one in linen, he, he was above the waters of the river. So okay. either or, there, there are three individuals. That's right. And so this individual here, clothed in linen, is the same individual that you discover in, in Daniel chapter 10. That's right. Is the same individual that is described in Revelation chapter 1. Is this same person. So it's Jesus right Christ. Through. It's Jesus Christ. That's right. It's Jesus Christ. So here we have, and we have, we have Daniel asking, uh, you know, the question: How long is this going to be? Mm-hmm. What does that remind us of? Yeah, Daniel well, you chapter know, eight. Daniel chapter eight. You know, asking how long, and you you've know? got two people having a conversation in Daniel chapter eight. Exactly. Here you've got three, but there you've got two, and so this is Daniel listening in on and recording the conversations of heavenly beings, mm. including Jesus Christ. Yeah, and here we have the first. Of those of, of, of three prophecies, yes, uh, that are stated this time, times, and half a time. What does that remind us of? Uh, that reminds us of Daniel chapter seven, verse twenty-five. Yeah, where where this papal power, this little horn power, would rule and reign for twelve hundred and sixty years and persecute God's people during exactly. that time period. And of course, this is a time prophecy that is repeated seven different times in the Bible in different places. That's right, between so repeated, Daniel and Revelation. Yes. Yes, it comes up again and again and again. God doesn't want you to get this one wrong. And so he gives it to you a multiple number of times. And he gives it to us in the three different ways to interpret time prophecies in the Bible. Absolutely. So he gives it to you as time, times, and half a time. Mm -hmm. He gives it to you as 1,260 days. And he gives it to you as 42 months. Exactly right. So, yeah, he doesn't want you to get it wrong uh, because this is such a critical prophecy that that clearly identifies who the Antichrist power is, and it can't be anyone or anything else. And a day Other, symbolizes a year, so therefore it's 1,260 years. I'm sure you've covered that already. Yes, we have, we have. All right, so let's, let's now press on to verse 8, if you want to read verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then I said, O oh Lord, what will be the end of these things? Okay, this is fascinating. This he doesn't reminds get it. Us. He doesn't get it. In Daniel 8.27, we don't have time to go there, but after the 2,300-day vision, at the end of the chapter, Daniel says, I had no understanding. Yeah. So here he doesn't understand, and he's about to be given an understanding, not for his day, but for those that would be living at the time of the end. In the same way that he was given understanding, not for himself in Daniel chapter 8 at the end, but for those that would live in the time of the end. Fascinating parallel there. That Amazing links, parallel. That links Daniel 8 and Daniel chapter 12. We're talking about the same prophecies here. Yeah. And we know that because you have in verse 9, as you keep reading, you want to read verse 9? Uh, he says, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. It's fascinating. So that- the angel says, okay, don't worry about this. Don't stress yeah. over this. What's interesting is when you go to chapter 8. Gabriel has explained everything mm-hmm. in the finest detail in the prophecy. And Gabriel has told him, you know, who the ram is, who the two horns are, who the goat is, who the great horn is, who the four horns are, um, how long the prophecy is, what happens at the end of the prophecy. 
and Daniel doesn't understand it. Well, yeah. there's only one detail left out, and that, of course, is the start date for the prophecy. And so Gabriel comes back in yeah. chapter 9 and gives him the start date. That's right. So Gabriel... Gabriel's like, okay, don't, don't, don't panic. I'm going to fill this one in for you. On this one, he's like, yeah, there's a bunch of details here. Don't worry about it. They'll figure it, they will figure it out at the time of the end. They'll be able to look back on this and see its fulfillment. That's right. Because the book will be opened. Yes. Because the book will be opened. And it's interesting, that phrase, go your way, literally is do not worry. Yeah. Do not worry. Don't stress. It's not for you, brother. Yep. We press on. Okay, verse 10. Many will be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise will understand. Okay, there's a lot here, but I just want to pick up on a couple of points. Firstly, there's going to be a refining process. Yes. And refining process uh, describes a time of trouble. So God's people, once again, will be going through the time of trouble, and as gold is purified in the fire, so God's people, their character will be, will be, will be tried, but they'll be purified. You know, and Revelation 7 talks about that as well. You know, this purification process during the time of trial. They're going to cling to Christ and they will have nothing to, to hold on to but Jesus Christ. They won't be able to buy and sell because that's that period where, you know, only those who have the mark of the beast will be able to buy and sell. They will not be able. So they'll have to rely on Jesus Christ alone. And the wicked, who are going to continue to do wicked, it says, let the wicked, the wicked will act Wickedly, they will continue to act wickedly. It's in the continuous tense. Fascinating. Indeed, it is. All right, do you want to do you want to finish off eleven to thirteen, and then we'll we'll share. Oh a few thoughts man, on that. <laughs> the Bible says at that time that, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate set up, there will be twelve hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the thousand three hundred and thirty-five days. Go your way till the end be, for you shall rest and stand in your lot at the end of the days. Okay, there's two other time prophecies. There's the 1290 days and the 1335 days. So spiel away. Go for it. Okay, so basically uh, what you've got here is God is triangulating his prophecies so that you can't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a two thousand. Your two main time prophecies in Daniel chapter, in, in the book of Daniel, is the 2300 days, which is mentioned once in the Bible. The other one is the 1260 days. And when you put these two passages, you know, which is mentioned in seven places in the Bible. Now, you can sort of have a bit of a debate as to when they start and when they finish, all that kind of thing. And so God's like, okay, I don't want you to get this one wrong. So I'm going to give you two more time prophecies. Mm -hmm. And they're going to interlink with these two so that it's triangulated so you can't move. And so he gives you the 1290-day prophecy, which starts previous to the 538 of the 1260-day, but has the same ending date in 1798. Mm-hmm. Then if you start that, take that starting date, it's going to take you through, point you to the great second advent movement of 1844, which is where your 2300-year time prophecy comes from. And so these dates are all now connected to each other. Mm. You can't move you can't now move the 2300 because it's connected to the 1290 which is connected to the 1260. You can't move the 1260 because it's connected to the 1290 which is connected to the 2300. It becomes impossible to change those dates. So these dates have all been linked together right at the end of time so there's conclusive evidence that we are on the right path. Absolutely. Absolutely. That God has very, God has given us no yeah. room Very, very powerful. Yes. Praise the Lord for that. So sit back, enjoy this song, and we're going to come back with the giveaway, which is the word is deliverance. That's the giveaway song and the rest of this message. Come and 
Faithful man, and that's what God is looking forward, looking for today. Faithful men and faithful women to be like Daniel, to be like Daniel. So Lyle, yes, uh, we have this giveaway. We do. Do you want to just um, the bloodthirsty woman and the seven-headed beast by Steve Wahlberg? All about Bible prophecy, Revelation chapter 17. And if you would like your copy, you need to be either the first caller or the third caller. And the code word is? Deliverance. Deliverance. Call now. All right, Lyle, you wanted to share a little more on those two dates, uh, 1290 and 1335. Okay, so you've already given uh, the, the history of where the 1260 uh, days start. Yeah, you've, you've given the history of the 2300, and so we don't need to go back o- that, over that again. What we need is the start date for the 1290 and the 1335. And the Bible gives it right here when the Bible says, um, and from the time that the daily... Well, the daily sacrifice will be taken away and the abomination of make, that makes desolate shall be set up will be 1290 days. Now, uh, I'm just going to just make a quick assumption here 
that may or may not be correct. It doesn't really matter that much, uh, but we're going to look at the day. What we're going to look at is the is the concept of the daily from the standpoint of paganism. Mm-hmm. And from that particular perspective, we're going to look at, okay, when was this actually taken away? Now, what you're going to find is that this passage links through with Daniel chapter 11, where the Bible speaks about, you know, they worshipped a God of munitions, a God of arms, those kinds of uh, concepts. You're going to find that it links through with Daniel chapter 8, and uh, where it says that a host and army was given to him against the daily. And so what we've got to ask ourselves is, when was an army given to the church to fight against paganism. Uh, and what you're going to find is that the the first army that was ever given to the church was the army of Clovis. Mm-hmm. Now, he, you might say, well, who was Clovis? He was king of the Franks. Uh, he was king of the Salian Franks. And so he came from somewhere up near Belgium, and he was a rank pagan. Mm-hmm. And his wife, uh, Clotilde, she was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so she was always on her husband's case to, you know, to, to become a Christian. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm staying with pagan. They had a child. Uh, she she had the child baptized in secret. The child died, and so he was now even more pagan than ever before. They had another child. She had this child baptized in secret, and that child nearly died. And so he's he's an out and out pagan. Wow. But he had a problem because you had the Salian Franks in the north, you had the Requian Franks in the south, and they were of course being invaded by the Alamanni, who we know today as being the Germans. Nothing new about war between Germany and France that had been <laughs> happening for a very, very long time. And so the uh, the Requiem Franks in the south, they're like, hey, you know, we're all Franks. Can you come and help us against the Germans, the Alamanni? And so he goes down there to give them a hand. And in the process, you know, they meet at uh, this particular battle. Uh, it's called the Battle of Tolbiac. Mm-hmm. And at the Battle of Tolbiac, the Franks are getting smashed. Mm. And Clovis is there and he's watching his soldiers just being destroyed and he's like, we're going to lose this thing. My life's on the line right here. And, of course, you know, none of his pagan gods are doing him much good. And so on the battlefield, he's like, okay, God, you know, God of my wife, Clotilde, if you're actually real, save us right now. Mm. As it turns out, at that particular point, the king of the Alamanni had his skull split by a battle axe. And the Alamanni, seeing their king dead, fled. Mm-hmm. And there was a massive slaughter. And what was turning into a huge defeat as, you know, Clovis's forces were crumbling and, you know, the Requiem Franks in the south had been smashed a few times by the Alamanni. So he's facing this huge defeat and now it turns into a victory. And so he followed through on his promise and he became a Roman Catholic and he was baptised in the year 508 and he bequeathed his army and the service of his army to the church. Wow. And that was where a host was given to the church against the daily sacrifice. Oh, there the you first go. army that was ever given to the church. Powerful stuff. So that that is us, folk. That is us. And um, glad that you could join us. And we pray that God will bless you in this coming week. Until we meet again with Lyle next week, sit back and enjoy now the afternoon show. God bless and bye for now. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always 